we have started. This is Emily Mars speaking. And this is, you always make the openings weird. That's Laura. She's not cooperating. I said we could start. She's like, okay, you ready for me to start? You said we could start soon. I'm going to put this up here and see if the acoustics are better. So the thing better. Emily learned from last time, just what we learned is that the, the phone needs to be closer to Laura. That's not true. The problem was I was in an echoey corner. Right. I was just noticing there was a distinct difference in volume. And Laura us. learned that she should shut up with her sewing box. <laughs> I tried. I edited some of it out, some of that clanking. Clank. You don't know how much. But sometimes we were talking while it was happening and I could do nothing. I also discovered apparently I constantly interject the phrase, but yeah, whenever I'm switching gears, there was a lot. A lot I'm going to just apologize for the fact that like, we came up with this separately, this parallel thinking, but there's another podcast called mm-hmm. um, An Infinite Deal of nothing. nothing. They have like one episode and they're yeah. gone, so apologies to anyone who gets confused. Yeah, you have to just make sure you find the one with the green and pink cover pink. That's us. And by recording this, Laura, we've already, well, we've done already done double. Us. We've already done double the podcast they've done. So I feel like we're we're the legit ones. True. They did like one episode in 2015. But c'est la vie. So, in a switching gears kind of mode, we were thinking switching gears. The last episode was nothing but switching gears. <laughs> in, in a switch, in we re switching gears, going from discussing worldview. Well, no, hold on. Mm. We are going to discuss We're going to talk about back. the movie Soul by Pixar. Do you want... I have explained this movie a couple times to people. You want me Do to you want to give a basic plot okay. synopsis? Fills with spoilers because yeah, you this can't is spoiler. Talk this is full of about. spoilers. Which, to be fair, I hardly think... None of the spoilers actually matter because there's basically nothing interesting in this movie. Don't You're not <laughs> going to watch this movie for fun. No, you watch it to torture yourself, basically, but... The premise of this film, and the more I say it, the worse it sounds, is a man who is a... I believe his name is Joe. Don't use all the prepositions, it gets confusing. Joe, who is a middle school band teacher and is not happy with his job, has a shot to play jazz at some kind of legit club. And on the day when he gets the gig, he falls down a manhole and his soul dies. And he sees this ladder going to the beyond. His body dies, excuse me, or it goes into a near-death state. He goes into a coma. And then he starts trying to run away because he doesn't want to die yet. He, no, okay. So all the souls are these little blue people. And all the yes. little blue people are chill. And they're going on this escalator up into the great beyond, which, which is this dark environment with a glowing light that makes a zap sound when they get to the end of the escalator. Yeah, it's, it's like he one of those like, tennis rackets out that like, he doesn't. Okay, yeah. he flips out because he doesn't want to die. Yes. And apparently, I guess he's the only soul who has ever not wanted to die. I, I, I All it takes is for him to run backwards up the escalator and he gets jump through this, like... off the escalator, and then he falls into what they call the great before, which... If yeah, but he's running backwards. He's yes. the only one who ever didn't want to go. He's the only one. Falls through the Apparently, thing. yes. He falls into the great before, which is this marshmallow, bluey, pinky land where little baby souls live before they go to Earth in order to get... Okay, this is the part where the movie really starts getting into dicey territory, and I don't even know why they went here, because it doesn't make any sense, and we spend very little time in the great before, in fact. But the little baby souls are there to get their five personality stickers, 
And, and then, then they get an Earth badge. They get an Earth badge, which, which means, means you can go into the the portal to, to Earth. Earth. Yeah. So Joe is trying to steal an Earth badge because he's trying to get back to his body on Earth. And okay. which, if you think about it, that kind of sounds like he's murdering. One Whoa, of that is creepy. I didn't think about that. But he accidentally gets confused for a mentor because apparently people from the afterlife can come back and be a mentor for a pre-created soul. All of this is very trippy already. So he gets landed with a really problematic soul named 22, an unspecified gendered Tina Fey, who does not like... How would you describe 22, Laura? 22, and they make sure to say this, is an non-gendered being who is annoying and that's why oh, she man. picked that particular voice haha ha, lol jokes the these them's the joke jokes the folks jokes. that's what we get but she's annoying and doesn't want to go to earth so she does make a deal with joe where she's going to get all her merit badges and then go down and become a real scout ranger and be able to go to earth or whatever it is yeah but she which by the way as far as pro-life messages go do the souls go to Earth when you hit, like, 22 they, weeks? They dodged ar- around the whole, like, when... They our, don't... They make a point to not show you yeah, any of the souls after birth The or one anything. thing I felt like they were maybe too cowardly to touch on is when the soul actually enters a human body. Like, is it at birth? Is it at, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, but she doesn't want to go to Earth, so she's like, hey, if we can get my badge all set up, then I'll give it to you. You can go to Earth, and then I can stay here. And, of course... The whole plot revolves around the issue of the last thing she needs is her spark, which is the thing that makes you want to live. Like, he, Joe, mistakes it for, like, a calling, like him loving jazz. And then and a but, lot of other mentors apparently but so the, do. But, but here's the thing. The trailer is definitely made sure to not to make this clear, because I guess this is the real spoiler territory. To They end up leaving and going... They end up getting back to Earth because... They go into this void where there are real live human hippies who can travel into the in between space on a trip. <laughs> driving a boat with a tie dye flag, and the boat's like flying around anchor. in a very like shroomy way. It's, yeah, it's definitely it was, the hippies oh, are probably man. high, but they also have yes. the magical ability to send souls back to Earth. They do that, and they accidentally send him into a cat's body, and, and 22, 22 goes, goes into his body. And uh, the rest of the movie is basically just the jokes of the body swap, where he, as the cat, and her, as his body, are trying to figure out how to get him ready for the gig tonight and get the souls back in the right bodies before the end. Which... Uh, I already felt like the transgendered sort of subtext agenda of putting 22 into his body was kind of on the nose, but... I don't think that that's about transgenderism. Yes. I think they're trying to keep things agendered, but they're yeah. not. that's not a metaphor for transgenderism. I just felt like they were trying to desensitize us to the weirdness, but... I don't think so. I think they're trying to make things agendered because it's a political fraught nightmare. <laughs> it is. That is a good summary. So, a politically fraught nightmare. So, what you can, you know, off the bat, just what you can clearly see is this is a movie that was conceived going off of the success of Inside Out. The aesthetic is very similar. The, like, 
psychology where a you, lot of, you portray things like emotions as A lot as of the creative characters. team was the same? Yes. The original writer was the same guy, but you can tell that the person who conceived of the great before, not a very, I hate to say this, not a very creative person. Like, if you gave Miyazaki the task of portray the world before the human soul enters the body, it would be something bizarre, but interesting and imaginative. This is very mundane. It's very much like you get your five stickers, you go into, you know, you do webinars. They do webinars. Like, it's before. As if somebody man. had, like, flipped through some of the synopsis of early Pixar films and was like, oh, people like a cool world. Uh, like, the people who made Break it, Ralph. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a cool world because, like, get it, this is how video games work. And if all the video game characters had to live in a world, this is what it'd be like, right? Right? right. You guys like? You guys? No. Nobody? Right. I can understand people enjoying, for one viewing, the first Record Ralph film. Sure. I've not seen the second one. I saw the first one, and it's not a movie that I'm honestly probably ever going to watch again. Because it feels like it. Diet Pixar. It is. But Pixar's becoming Diet Pixar. Ugh. So I've already had so many problems, honestly, with Inside Out. So I knew after the success of Inside Out, things were going to get weird. I had no clue they were going to go this weird. Yeah, this is one of those films that even... I enjoyed Inside Out the first time I saw it, but this is one of those films where after you see it, you look back on Inside Out and you're like, okay, this is actually exposed serious flaws in it. It's kind of like a bad sequel where you're like, this That's makes the first one look worse. When I saw Inside Out first, I walked away like, ugh. Like, I wasn't grossed out, but I was like, there's something wrong. Just this innate mm-hmm. sense in my gut. I'm like, uh, right, but the why the reason we wanted to specifically to talk about soul is that it is so infused with a really bizarre worldview that it's one of the first times you it's a really good case study for why worldview matters for storytelling because a lot of the time you could have someone who has a thoroughly pagan worldview but they can still tell a decent story like because I've, even. People who aren't Christians are aware of some archetypal truths. Yes. The the truth of God is not, you know, it is hidden from them, but they do, they live in his world, and so they see some of it. Yeah. But. Like, you know, we all, we all know that older story, or older storytelling will still have the, you know, you have the young hero who kills the dragon and rescues the princess. That's Star Wars. And, you know, George Lucas not a Christian, but he does get that story. One thing that I found strange about this film is you look at some dull synopsis and you're like, it's all, we must spend quite a bit of time in the before life. Not really. It's yeah. pretty much just the first act. The second two acts we spend with the body swap, <sighs> hijinks of him trying to cut his hair as a cat. It's so mundane. And like fixing his pants. Yes. And like it's all like this random running around. their grocery list. Because it's like, get it? We like movies where they're running around doing shenanigans. Yes. We like the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. I felt like they probably were uncomfortable portraying The Great Before very for very long. And, okay, I want to talk about The Great Before a little bit more, and then we're going to get into the actual problems with a bunch of the plot, because, Laura, talk about Jerry. Tell us about Jerry. Jerry <laughs> is this Picasso-like, two-faced being with a female voice who has multiple iterations. There's Terry, 
who's actually pretty cool. He's like trying to count and realizes that the count of how many people are going to the Great Beyond is off. And so he's kind of like Mo chasing him Mo. around. And I really to get was rooting stuff. for Terry the whole time. I was time. on Terry's side. Terry yeah. had a goal. Jerry has multiple beings that are all over the place, being in charge of the mentors, being in charge of the Great Beyond. But the main Jerry that we see is this one with this very calm, scary, almost like Gladys from Portal, creepy voice. And she's got this benign. She's like God if God wasn't good. Yeah, if God was kind of random. Like she decides she's gonna let him live by the end. Spoiler. But she just sort of decides, oh, you know, we'll give you another chance. Let's not give anyone else another chance. Oh, goodness. Like, you yeah. bring up the fact that he can, she can bring someone back to life. Yeah, she breaks the rules. That, but yeah, she's that like question is like, why design. did the middle school band teacher guy who's <laughs> living off of his mother's dole, why does he okay. get to go back? Yeah, we're going to get into him quite a bit. But the thing I also wanted to mention, which is the areas they decide to avoid controversy boggle my mind because they <sighs> make it very clear gender is not assigned in the great before there you know you get to decide that when you go to earth they don't ever say that but it is pretty obvious tell us about what personalities are predetermined what happens when to get all your five stickers they there's a bit where she's like look has a whole bunch of the baby souls and she says how about you guys go into the selfish category and so they all go into this little tent and they come out and they're all selfish and she says how about aloof and she puts a a bunch of them into another tent and they come out all grumpy and sulky and quiet and as if most people don't have the ability to be selfish at sometimes, aloof at sometimes. Why? You know, uh, and they bring up one that's like a megalomaniac. Yeah, they make a joke of like, you know, in the webinar being like, see, this is what some of your personalities are going to be. And you're like, I'm a control freak megalomaniac. And it's supposed to be a joke. But, but that's pretty dark. Honestly, it takes the agency out of people. I know. And they even have it where Joe, I think, says to Jerry... Is, the, is that okay? You're assigning that? And she goes, ha, 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 and on we move. And I really think, secretly, if, if I was behind uh, the movie, Jerry would be the bad guy. Jerry's so obviously the villain. She's, she, he, it, it's, it's a she. She's not, but, like, she, he, it. She, yeah. The thing, the, the thing is Jerry. not supposed to be, but the thing is, really, yeah. if you think about it too long. But I was just going to, before we move on, just oh. the idea of being selfish is predetermined before birth. Well, because we're all victims, Emily. Uh, it's so bizarre, and it's never addressed. And the big, I think, overarching thesis we're going to have on this is that this is the ultimate self-empowering, selfish, self-help movie. No, it's not. Because you can't help yourself, apparently, because oh, yeah. you're personalities predetermined. This is I would true. think Inside Out would be more of a self-help, like right. just I meant the the, the self, not self-help, but the like the self-love. Self-love, yes. Positivity, your victim. Yeah. Movie. This would so, be. So yeah, it. let's talk about his, Joe's relationship to his mother because what they established early on is he he really wants to do the jazz thing. She runs a uh, tailoring. A se- like. She's a seamstress, a successful seamstress, and she does not support him in this. She says, "Hey, you have the opportunity." to get pension at the school and do it full-time and ha- work a steady job, and you need to take that. And they make her pretty mean at the beginning, pretty tough, which is kind of do stacking they? the when deck. Is she really mean? She's just sort of cold. She's not emotionally, like, bubbly, but, I mean, as we've seen, she must have had that personality predetermined. Can oh, we fault oh, her for it? no, we can't. <laughs> no, the more you think about this movie, the more I hate it. But, okay, so there's this moment during the body swap where... They, the, um, when 22 is in his body and he's in the cat, 
they come to the mom and she's found out that he's gonna do the jazz gig and he's not gonna take pension and she's mad and then he he gives this speech it's him feeding lines to 22 to speak for him and laura what do we want to say about the speech he gives his mother it's so selfish it's jazz is my dream you need to understand that you've never supported me. never supported me which we found out through exposition moments earlier that she was financially supporting his dad and to a degree him no he she put him through music school she so how is she not supporting him emotionally laura he's a muffin Money's pretty supportive. I, yeah, Emotionally, well, money is very yeah. supportive to me, actually. Yeah, well, what we found out is his dad also was trying to chase the jazz dream, and so she's like, your dad failed at this, you can't do it. And she also mentions, like, yeah, your father had me to financially support him. I had this business. And I felt really bad for her because well, she's he's actually done, so hard. Like, his dad may not have been a great guy, but at least his dad had a family. Yeah. yeah Joe is single. He's like They 40. bring up that maybe he's... Got one girl in his life, but he does. He's kind of like focused on jazz. Yeah, well, 22. he had an it's ex like girlfriend. Off. It's implied, but it's he's not, she's clearly Lisa's clearly not actively in his life. But yeah, yeah. he's like this sad single forty year old guy who lives in a ratty apartment, and it does make you wonder. Like, so what are you living for? And it's just jazz. But I felt I was thoroughly and utterly on the mother's side when I was like, you've been doing all this financially for him. That was the big crux is that the main character is completely and utterly selfish in everything he does. And he never gets called out on it. And he never really repents of any of it at all. One thing I find annoying, too, is one thing they mention is in the the hippie land is when you get into the zone, you go into the spiritual world and you're in the zone. And I'm like... What if you never have a job where you're, like, that in the zone? Well, it's going with the... I'm sure this is something from the Enlightenment period, like, way, way back, that the idea that the arts are somehow a higher calling than, you know, being a garbage man. What if you're just someone who has to work elbows, you know, roll your sleeves up, elbows deep in, like, muck, but that's your life and you're contented? Because people report... You know, obviously our surveys are very interesting, mm-hmm. but in a lot of third world countries, depression, suicide, unheard of. Mm. Because for them, I've heard a lot of people explain it as, it's just a success that you lived another day, so you're happy with that. Right. What if they're not in the zone? We think we need to free up children and young people to be able to be fully themselves. What if being fully yourself is just working and getting along and not... Being in this magical zone Well, of they don't ever say that the zone is the ultimate thing to go for, because they do sort of try to address that with the but hairdresser. It's a, it's a modern idea, though, that kids need to be freed up to be free to be children, free to yes. dream. It's, it's to the dream. Maslow's hierarchy, right? Where, you know, you have... Yeah, the hierarchy of needs. The, at the bottom, you have just, like, need for, you know, food, clothing, protection, and then you have, like, the emotional needs and spiritual needs, and then, like, self-actualization at the top. Yeah. Not a Christian idea. No, it's not. So, at the front end of this movie, you have a bunch of weird identity politics. Like, identity politics, I didn't even know other people. Like, I didn't know people thought that you could be predetermined sulky before birth. But once you get into the film, what ends up happening is the worldview is so bad, it actually short-circuits the story's ability to be a good story. And we've talked about Christian films doing that, where 
the Christian director's need to present the gospel means that the dialogue must suffer or the character's development needs to be shoehorned. But this is one of the best examples I've seen of it happening from the secular point of view, where in a traditional story, what you kind of want is the main character, if he's, if he's going to change, he needs to be doing something wrong. Doing a, like Either he needs to have a flaw that he's indulging, or he has a virtue that he pushes to an extreme so that it becomes a flaw. That's the two ways you can run it that I've been told from what I've read. And you can see Pixar did that. You know, Woody, in the first Toy Story, he starts out with just a flaw of being jealous of Buzz. And so he tries to throw Buzz out of the car, right? If, am I remembering? I haven't seen the first film very much, but... I thought he tossed him out of the window first. He tossed him out the window first. I just remember them being, like, abandoned at a gas station or something. So, well, because yeah. he runs off to the car. So he makes a major choice and a major mistake, and then everything else is him kind of dealing with his selfishness and his jealousy. Well, and then, explain the last act for us. Okay, but yeah, the last act... Oof, this movie's such a mess. There's so much running around. I don't remember story. how the cat so and the body, happens, they went back to the great before. Yeah, so what happens is 22 suddenly realizes while she's been in his body, because she's been a sulky, obnoxious, horrible person, by the way. She suddenly realizes because she gets to eat pizza and walk around and look at leaves and sunshine, she actually does want to live. So she doesn't want to give her badge to Joe. So she tries to run away with his body, which I felt like was also epically selfish of her. To just be like, I'm stealing your body, I'm not gonna let you have this. He falls down the stairs, I think, and gets knocked unconscious, so I guess it's both their souls exit somehow? I don't remember. So they both end up in the great before again somehow. And what happens is Joe is able to go back in his own body, does the jazz gig, isn't quite no, as fulfilled he, he by it. No, he yells at 22 okay, He reason. yells at her and says... No, no, you don't really have a spark. It was just my experience. He just yells at her. He just gets mad and yells at her for trying to take his body, which is not unreasonable. And then he goes into his own body, and he's trying to live his life, and then he's kind of feeling unfulfilled and a little bad about it. And then he decides to play his piano and go into the zone to try to help 22, because I guess he feels guilty. And at this point, she's become a lost soul, which we didn't explain, but... The weird purple land where the hippies can go, they, they go out there to find people who are lost souls, who are obsessed in their lives, who are turning into little, like, monster things. It's weird because the lost souls are currently alive on Earth. They, the rules of this land are bizarre and contradictory if you think about them too hard. So she's muttering to herself and wandering around and turning all purple and becoming obsessed which, I will say, as far as the design goes, that was, like, one of the only interesting okay. designs, because they look miyazaki -esque. Credit where credit is due. She turns into, like, a Spirited Away-style one-eyed monster thing. I'm pretty sure that was an overt Spirited Away reference, because uh. Joe comes up to her as she's rampaging and becoming a giant monster, and she he tries to talk to her, and then she <laughs> swallows him, which is a reference to a moment in Spirited Away, and it actually works. It's a lot less weird than Spirited Away was. 
And then he's inside of the purple thing, which is really the sandstorm of 22 remembering all the people who have ever said bad things to her and repeating over and over, everyone telling her she's not good enough and she can't be and she's obnoxious. And then Joe yelled at her and said she wasn't enough and didn't matter. And it's all about, like, your words damage people and apparently they turn into monsters who eat people and that's your fault and not their fault for eating people. But then he gets to her and gives her the badge and says, no, you're going to go live your life and I'll go die. Like I'm, he, he doesn't actually say that, but it's implied. But then they have a conversation in Dreamland where he's in the cat again for some dumb reason and tells her, no, you get to live. And the lesson, the little moral lesson that they want you to take away from this movie is that Joe was wrong about what the spark was, the spark that makes you want to live. He thought it was, like, a career or a calling, but it turns out it's just, like, the moment where you love life or something, like, live, love, life, where it's, like, her spark came because she caught a little maple leaf seed that was twirling down in the sunshine, which, that was a pretty moment. It was well One, animated, but... Yeah, the movie certainly has a lot of quality in animation. Yeah. But it's so empty to say everyone before life... There's, they just have a spark ignited in them that they want to live. There are some people who are just grumpy, sad, miserable people. <laughs> this is true. Well, Laura, those are lost souls. Maybe they weren't born that way, but they oh. certainly turned into that. They're, those are the lost souls, Laura. Uh, we need hippies to go. But and saying that everyone's them. born with a spark of joy, I'm like... I know. Well, this, And I, that if you don't have that spark, then what's the point of living? For some reason, his sacrifice... Like, obviously, Jerry lets him live and goes, yeah, so let's he, bend the rules, he, he gets lets to go her back. go have her badge, and go, and she shoots down to Earth to we go We never live. see 22 again. We never see her again, which was not in her emotionally unsatisfying. Yeah. But what I'm happens is he says, oh, I'm going to go die. So he goes up to the escalator to the big, like, glowy fly zapper thing. And then the evil, creepy Jerry says, oh, we've actually decided, because you inspired us in that you got 22 this grumpy, nasty little soul who's been our pro- our headache for millennia. You got her her spark, so we're going to let you have a second chance at life. And I legit, this is because I'm so naive and foolish, Laura, I legit thought he was going to turn it down. Like, traditional storytelling would say the hero turns down those kinds of opportunities when someone says, you know, you could still go back. And they're like, no, you know, it's my time. This is, you know, my destiny or whatever. Well, because... Without real God, when you just have Jerry God, and there is no ultimate meaning Mm -hmm. in the universe besides living life for the sake of loving, living life, live, laugh, love, (laughs) the movie is an embodiment of vague, inspirational quotation. Yeah, if you took all the, like, Instagram vague quotes and put it in a blender, you would probably get this movie. His sacrifice, he just decided to go back to life, and he goes and does jazz, and... Like, whatever I do, I'm gonna, you know, live it and love it or whatever something. Whatever that means. But it feels empty. Oh, very empty. What did the main character sacrifice by the end of the film? You know, like Absolutely Frodo at the end of Lord of the Rings. Nothing. He can't live in this world. He yes. has to move on. Characters like Tiana, one of my favorite mm-hmm. Disney films. From the front She princess. gets to a point where she's like, you know what? Maybe having my restaurant isn't everything. Because I don't yeah. have anyone that I'm loving and I'm, I'm putting my my own dream first. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not enough Yeah. to fulfill you. Maybe I need to sacrifice that. And she ends right. up getting what she wants at the end. Right. But, but she realizes that she if, held it loosely in a way. But in this film, basically, the idea of sacrifice or nobility 
is something that does not occur to them. The whole premise is this thoroughly self-focused, self-actualizing, you know, the purpose of life is fulfilling some dream or spark or something, and there's no meaning beyond living life for the sake of living life. Yes. If he discovered, oh, I should sacrifice my chance because I should learn to put other people first, mm-hmm. that could have changed the whole direction of the film. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, I'll let you live because life is fun living, you know, right. like, live the- Well, you observed, we were both observing the mundaneness of the film because their concept of life is so safe and happy and painless that, and because it's all about warm, fuzzy, like, the politics of what the purpose of life is and the self-affirmation and the coddling nothing really bad is allowed to happen. You were just even saying, during the body swap part of it, it's them being like, let's go to the tailors and we need to get a haircut. And oh no, someone's here for their music lesson. And it's pretty dull, frankly. The assumption that there's going to be this life without pain. Like we kept joking that 22, because we don't know even what part of the world she shoots down to. It's clearly not America, but we're like, oh, she's going to... She a Uyghur Muslim in China. Yeah, this movie would have no concept how to handle being born as a Uyghur Muslim in China. Like... (laughs) (laughs) But to go back to the end. Yeah. Just to think about that. Like, the fact that he gets to live isn't a huge problem, I don't think, yeah, for me. You can make it I, work. You can make it work. I think the thing I... sacrifice didn't feel real, and... No, it definitely didn't feel It didn't earned. feel like he learned a lesson, really. No, well, he didn't. Again, this is me pulling out some of my nerdy reading about writing structure is. What you really want to do at the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, is make the hero commit the ultimate mistake where he hurts someone else in some way. The only thing he Joe does is he says a mean thing to 22, which then turns her into a lost soul. And he has to, like, give her affirmation, and that's his repentance, which is, he said a mean thing in a moment of temper. It's so very shallow, because, you know, not that you can't have a good finale, which involves just people saying, hey, I shouldn't have said that. Because, like, Finding Nemo did that successfully when Nemo says, you know, Dad, I, did, I don't hate you. That was important that he took that back. But there was a lot of emotional weight going into it. It's like what Cars was trying to do at the end when Mater talks to Lightning McQueen. It's like, you're my best friend. And oh, like yeah. it's supposed to land. It doesn't land. Oh. Yeah. But this movie doesn't even really try. Well, see, at least Lightning McQueen, they fully know that he's a selfish jerk and he needs to get over that. Yeah, the but problem this... is our main character's not supposed to have flaws. No, well, the problem is we keep saying he's so selfish, and the movie doesn't want you to think he's selfish. A Pixar doing this story a couple years earlier, hopefully they would have said this is a dumb concept and should never exit the concept room because this is just one hot mess waiting to happen trying to portray the before life. It's just nonsense. But what, even what they did in Up, which is not a perfect movie, what you would actually see is Joe's obsession clearly becoming unhealthy, his obsession with life, his selfishness, would get to the point where it's actively making the audience dislike him. It's almost like, okay, brave, hot mess of a film, but at least they did understand that as the main character keeps saying, this isn't my fault, this isn't my fault, it rings more and more hollow, and at the end, she does have to turn around and say, this is all my fault, and that lands. The rest of the movie's a wreck, but that they got right. 
feels like we get further and further away from solid we story. We Because the concept of being courageous or unselfish is well, like, no longer popular. That's what bothered popular. me about the thesis of Inside Out. Now, Inside Out hits some truths where, yeah, like happiness is very selfish when she wants to lead. But mm. the message of the film is sometimes you have to let sadness drive. Right, or the fact uh, that the girl never apologizes for trying to run away and stealing money from her well, parents. Well, she was a victim of her emotions. Ugh. In the actual world, yeah, she's totally a victim of her yeah. fear being dri- That's driving the bizarre her and anger thing driving her. Where the metaphor- They're taking more and more agency away from people. That's the problem, too, is when you mix plot mechanics with metaphor, where it's like, okay, when in real life is it like, oh, I'm sorry, I've just been grumpy all week because my my joy accidentally fell into my memory banks, so it was physically incapable of well, being Well, I mean, happy. it's a movie. I can suspend disbelief sure. for that. But the ideas that are starting to come out of, what do I want to call it, psych Disney? Ooh, yeah. Psychology Disney is, it's you're not movie. in control. Yes. Of anything. Yeah, as Christians, we know we're not in control of everything, but we do have some agency. Yes, moral agency. We're not just automatons. This is where you realize realize when you go back to something like The Lion King, how far we are from Uh. the ghost of Mufasa coming (laughs) and giving him a whooping and saying, "You are my son. You are the future king. You are not going to be." You have a responsibility to take responsibility. Stop Akuna Mataring. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas the message of Soul is. You gotta go Akuna Matata sometimes and go, go like no hippie space sale in the nether region. Okay. If Pixar world. was doing it now, the what would happen is that um, when the baboon hits the lion, he would have damaged the lion and be all sad, and so the baboon has to go back and apologize for smacking him over the head and being so mean to him. And oh, he brings, that's, uh, maybe he brings all his buddies from the jungle and they have a great old fun time on Pride Rock. And that's the story. Yeah, everyone would leave Pride Rock and in a party because we're like DreamWorks and we don't know how to end a film. Oh, oh, the dance, dance party. Oh, Laura, what an evil conceit. But yeah, wouldn't that be... Doesn't that sound like a fantastic movie? <laughs> Instead of ending with a slow motion battle in the flames, it's just ending with like... Make Beauty and the Beast in modern era. Like, turns out the wicked witch lady, not the wicked witch, no, the fairy old woman, mm-hmm. well, she was wrong. Turns yeah. out selfishness was just what somebody he was predetermined to have. Predetermined they need to, to understand. She needs that to forgive him. Maybe he needs to be less angry, but then he needs to discover a spark. Uh, a spark that makes him love life. And Belle yes. just needs. just. Just sees just she sees that in him. She sees that in him. The problem was that he didn't feel emotionally compelled to, to let change. the little woman in out of the snow. He didn't need to change. <laughs> Belle was right. She should just fall in love with him without him changing. <sighs> this world so is pretty nefarious. It it's looks all really innocent, cool. but you rip it open and you're like, wow. Yeah. Wow, this is disgusting. I know. And we were just saying this is really a film that shows the... The privilege of our society because it's assuming a, such a level of wealth and ease. Like, there, this is not a film that ever thinks about people who actually go through difficult things in their life, like actual real hardcore suffering. It has no conceit of how to actually process pain. The problem of pain is never addressed at any point. I thought it was going to be brought up because they have in the trailer this one line where 22 says, is all of this really worth dying for? See, that's 
that's actually something Miyazaki did in The Wind Rises. He, the whole movie is very sad, and it's about the concept of, okay, should you go and do something even though you know it's going to end tragically? You know, should I marry this woman who I know is dying and is going to die soon? Should I make planes even though I know it's going to be used to uh, attack people during World War II? Which, the second question is kind of morally charged, and I'm not sure he came to the right conclusion. But <laughs> the first one, the idea of being like, yes, I'm going to marry her even though I know she's dying, is very, very sad and a lot more sophisticated, and this movie has I'm gonna no I'm going to say concept. probably... Don't make the Nazi planes. <laughs> what? Probably it was Japan. It was a Miyazaki. It was a Miyazaki. Probably don't make the, the suicide bomber planes. Yeah. I'm going to just yeah. say that right now. Okay. Well, Laura, you're just black and white. You're not thinking deep. It's, it's, it's a metaphor. You see? You see? Yeah. Was there anything else that stood out? I mean, I just didn't like them portraying high For hippies a movie in a about, kids movie. Can I say that? For... For a movie about living life to the fullest, it was pretty gray. Oh, yeah. Like, kind of not fun. Yeah. It was trying to be fun, I but think there's fun so... Pixar, I think of, like, Finding Nemo and even Up. Up yeah. has some problems. Well, it's like, they Wally's can't, you, fun. You can't... No, that has some, like... Yeah. Pretty, pretty... Well, what's happening is things. you can't actually have events or a real active plot if... Everything is psych, Disney. If it's all about your inner emotions and your inner heart struggles and all of that, then... But you understand how... I've talked about this before, betwixt us, where writing nowadays, you can, you feel like the, they're walking in a landmine because there's so many ways they're afraid of criticism where if anyone tells him, oh, you're being selfish, that's victim blading. If you would make the character do everything perfectly right, oh, no, well, you, that's empowering this I don't think they male. say that's victim-blaming. Well, they would know. say that it's... Her, they would know. say it's suppressing his true self. Ah, yes. Which is that psychology major's focus. Mm -hmm. Being like, oh, we all just need to unlock our true we selves. We haven't really talked about 22 that much, but, but mostly because the stuff with Joe is is also very selfish. She's very selfish. Everyone's trying to help out 22, and 22 is just there like, no. She's apparently spent millennia having really great people from history try to help her find a reason to live, and she is trying to make their lives difficult, all and she never says so sorry. Average Joe. Average, average Joe. Just let her live. But she never says sorry. She's never repentant of any of her own selfishness, which is grumpiness okay. and trying to run off with That's his body. That's the biggest Man. thing, is no character ever repents. No. Never. I think his mom kind of says sorry for being rough on you. Yeah, we make the mom, the long-suffering, hard-working mother. The mom mother. who is not dealing with things well because she is supporting him, honestly. Yeah. I think if she was doing right, she would have cut him off. She really should have. Been like, sorry, mom. dude, you're 30. Which, at this point, he's like in his 40s. He looks like He's 40s. like going gray. Yeah. But, but she's the one that has to apologize, even though I think she's one of the people that has her head screwed on properly. Yeah, this is the hor horrible thing when you feel like the, the characters who are, they make the wrong people say they're sorry. But, yeah, okay, may I just say, if you did a gender swap, if 22 was male and if Joe was a female, <laughs> the part where 22 tries to steal his body and not let him have it, holy cow, would that well, have been a wreck. They do make a point to say 22 is not gendered. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you had a person with a male voice who was trying to run off with the body of a character who was portrayed with a female voice, that has so many bizarre, political, uncomfortable sexual implications. The thing that's 
mildly annoying to me too is that they make a point to make all the characters except for this one crazy cat lady whose cat he's running around in yeah all of them are ethnically diverse black or asian yes like that's it and new york has a very diverse population yes but it also has white people who aren't crazy cat ladies. Yeah. Everyone else, the principal at his school, his students, his okay. mom. I was going to say. Everyone at the hospital. Everyone is persons of color. I'm going to say. And that's hard to ignore as like being a political statement. I don't have yeah. a problem with black characters. Obviously, I love Frog Princess. She does. Even with Frog Princess, I was fully aware that they were trying to make a black Disney princess. Yeah. You can forget about it because they stop focusing on it. Right. Well, that to me But this movie, you know that they're always thinking about it. Every character they bring in, they're like, oh, what race And that's where, again, you feel the landmines of you can't make ethnically diverse people have flaws because that is bad. Like, you're portraying, you know, like, the joke is like, oh, no, this, you made a villain who has glasses. You're saying all people who wear glasses are evil? This is my non-PC joke. Prepare yourselves. You've been warned, but when... Oh, I'm just going to throw this out here first, though, is you talk about jokes with glasses. That's not an actual complaint, but what is a real complaint is the recent Roald Dahl's Witches movie. One, the bad guy has three fingers because they wanted to look kind of like claw hands. Yeah. But a bunch of disabled activists activists got all mad and angry on Twitter because that's the place that this happens. And we're like, you're ableist and anti-disability and that's cruel and mean. So you make a joke, but like straight up. Are they going to reanimate the other fingers in? I don't know. How much are they going to cave? All I know is that, yeah, maybe, maybe we're not up to glasses yet, but we mm. are certainly talking about missing fingers <sighs> being a, a pro-ableist. But anyway, what, were, what was your right. non-PC or joke? Ursula's evil. Well, so we, the, the one student who he actually likes in his class is this little, is this Asian girl. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, she's the good one, because he, I was like, yeah, Asian, doesn't surprise me. They actually practice. Asians are good at musical instruments. Uh, I was like, there's a cliche they slid right where, into. There we go. <laughs> Asians in, it's a trombone just kind of out there. Usually it's piano or violin, but maybe they do, well, it's band. You need to make it a brass or something. Yeah. But, yeah, there's one cliche they did not flinch away from. Oh, no, this is... Do you remember the whole... I remember reading about this when Moana came out. The controversy about... Uh, not about the, the tattoos on Maui, but on the the fact that he was drawn as being bulkier. The, I heard people saying, like, oh, this is stereotyping and leading into the stereotype that Polynesian men gain a lot of weight. It's like, this is saying Polynesian men are fat. You're reaffirming this cultural stereotype. And y'all know, if they had listened to that and made him skinny... All the fat people, all the fat, like, like the rock. shaming folks. Well, he's focused on the rocks. They didn't go for that. Yeah. One thing I did see, there was a big complaint because they made Halloween costumes based on Maui. Yes. And people didn't like that. They're like, those tattoos, yes. those are from a particular tribe with real Polynesian people. It's not good that white kids would dress that way. Also, it's like darker skinned because he's a different race. And that's oh. bad for white kids to pretend they've got darker skin because yeah. that is blackface. And... Y'all need to this chill. This is the problem with the, this is the, the again, the landmines of when you try to represent other cultures. It's like you're, you're damned if you don't, you're damned if you do. If well, you don't portray other cultures, a you're, yeah, uh, a they panel did. Of Polynesian people to counsel them on this. Th- the, yeah, but the funny thing about like, okay, if you don't portray ethnically diverse characters, 
then you're just you're not being diverse. You're just affirming white saviors. If you put in ethnically diverse characters, then you're going to get in trouble for representing them badly by making them ugly or by making them not perfect. It's like I don't think that there have been many complaints yet for this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if some show up. Well, it's but so safe. Everybody, no, I'm seeing a lot of secular people say they love the film, and I'm just like. Girl. It's so vanilla. That's why. Because no, it's it worse than that. Yeah, but it's bad. It, it's it's really quite rankly bad. But there, because the characters go through so little actual tension and struggle, it's like, well, we decided rather than having to deal with difficult conflicts, if we just tell a story where all our characters are doing are going to the barbers and going to the tailors and getting their hair cut, there's less danger <laughs> of us offending someone. But yes, it is. It is still. Well, we were even saying this with Wonder Woman because we were looking at someone giving their opinion of the Wonder Woman 84 movie. And we, because she's a feminist icon, she can do no wrong, which means that the structure of that film also has issues because you have a character who goes evil and it's sort of supposed to, the main character actually does nothing wrong to cause her to go evil, but typically the way it's set up, you think she should, but it's like, she didn't, she wasn't mean to the girl who becomes Cheetah, and the girl who becomes Cheetah is somehow blaming her for something, but why? Like, Wonder Woman was just nothing but sweet. People like you have always been on top, and people like me are on the bottom. People like me are people who get in an office in the Smithsonian after working there for a week, and sometimes yes. people don't help me pick up my papers when I drop them. Yes. Ooh, the oh, abuse. Oh, this is the abuse. The evil man. <laughs> There's a lot of feminist propaganda in there. Well, well, it's Wonder Woman that was kind of for par for the course. But the fact that Wonder Woman has to be this big female representative, she's not allowed to actually have real flaws. Her flaws are being too attached to people she, who died and she needs to leave she's behind. She's always looking back. Always, she's always looking back. Which is why she's still pining for this guy who, if he hadn't died, would be like 85 years old at There this are point. movies... With, I wouldn't say progressive bents, but more liberal messaging that I can tolerate or even enjoy. Well, movies like Wally, because Wally yeah. fundamentally isn't an environmentalist film. What it is, is it's a love story between two robots, and then this other message gets in there. Right. But part of the other message that I'm okay with is that we have a responsibility, a stewardship yeah. message over the Earth. And that's something, as a Christian, I can agree well, with. Well, yeah. The, the, but it's ultimately about... It wouldn't be a good movie if it was just about that. Right. Well, I actually remember... It's a good movie because it's... I briefly read... We've got great read, robots, and we know I think how I had, to I think I had a, I had a book... I read a book briefly about the person who was coming up with Wally, and they basically said they just really liked the character of this lonely robot... This really cute lonely robot. They were inspired by the short with the the hopping lamp and how you could per express character through an inanimate object. And he, but he was like, okay, I want it to be this love story, and he needs to be alone. And so he said he was really just being like, I just need to figure out why he's alone. So the apocalypse and the environmentalism well, it's not an apocalypse. came into it. Yeah, well, no the trash and the the end of the world and the fa the, that, abandonment. the yeah. abandonment came in purely because he 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 did that as an afterthought to help this character's arc and get him to the right emotional place. And it see, wasn't because of how, an agenda. If you have political messaging, it might flow into your film because that's how your worldview is. Yes. But that's the problem with Christian film, is that <laughs> it's the focus first and the characters have to frame themselves around the messaging. Yeah, they start Tell out Tell your with... story and your 
worldview will come through. Yes. I might have problems with it. I may not love it. But you have to frame it around the story first. Right, right. Because otherwise, why don't you just write a pamphlet? Because they go, why not? It's message first. And that's how propaganda is made. Yes. Well, the interesting thing when you bring up Wally is how much, just as one of the side characters, makes this makes itself look so much better. Like, the captain being this lazy, blubby, fat person who actually has to stand learn up. to stand Literally. up, literally stand up and actually fight and actually take responsibility. And even his, his speech, which is a little cheesy, when he's like, you know, we have to not do nothing. That's our home. We've done nothing. It's a little on the nose, but it's not wrong for the character to actually say, hey, I've been passive and I need to actually do something. Like, that's an actual admirable thing he's trying to do. Do, admirable. Admirable. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. I just <laughs> bl- bl- blurred over it. But yeah, a lot more admirable. I'd much prefer to see a movie about him trying to colonize the earth and trying to rebuild society than watch Joe just play jazz. All these woke movies, all the, the very liberal ideo- ideology-driven films, they're not good. They're really not and I've seen movies for years where they have messages where I go, okay, yeah, I don't buy that, I don't buy that. Yeah. But overall, it's a good movie. I'm I'm not being able to say that because when they're letting they're letting wrong people take the steering wheel. Yeah. Like even okay, I don't love Moana, but I could sit through it. Like the part where she goes up. I mean, you could again, you could see the seeds of this everywhere. She goes up to the evil person and says, this does not define you. You don't do an evil lava monster murdering the fish and killing my dad's best friend. All because someone stole a stone and you don't need to be sorry. And That's I know people who dumb. like Moana. Sure. It's but I fun. walked away from that movie and I was like, no. Yeah. It's not a movie I want to revisit a bunch. There are some elements of it that are fun because... If only because Disney has done it before and it has a familiarity. Sure. Like that, let's establish the Land I Live In song, the I Want song, the mm-hmm. Going Out on an Adventure time. Also, the Meeting the Shenanigans This is characters. an utterly random note, but have you noticed that they're desperate to not reuse any of the species of animals that were already fun sidekicks, so they're getting the like bottom of the barrel, like, Chicken! Hey, it's a um, pig! Or the um, new movie, chameleon. it's an armadillo. Um, <laughs> it's an armadillo in the dragon holy movie. Holy smokes, are running out. <laughs> but if you, you said it's going to be like a laughing kookaburra in the next one. <laughs> okay, we're getting desperate here. Yeah. Have you also noticed that when it's a movie about a girl, she's actually allowed to have an adventure? You know, like the the Rey on the Last Dragon is the one coming out where she's a samurai warrior who's trying to save the dragons. But when it's about a guy, it's just about him living life and being a marshmallow man. What other movies would you give it as an example? Oh, they actually are avoiding talking about the boy characters. Yeah, they just aren't. Well, well Coco, Coco was again. Well, Coco was all about. I just need to follow my music passion. Oh. It was a little bit more of an adventure, but it was actually very similar in that it's like the. Oh no, we have to get to the concert so I can we, get into the thing. We like, it was all the watched little... Coco, and it, it does have a lot more quality than I gave it credit for on initial watch. Yeah, but it's still missing some things. It definitely is. And Moana's got the same thing. I think Moana's a little bit more of a clearer picture. I think somehow Moana's, maybe the setting's more beautiful. It's a Pacific Island. It is. I think also the plot is less cluttered. Yeah. This is what, like, Moana's ending is unsatisfying because it turns out the big monster that we've been trying to (sighs) defeat. It's the island because her heart was taken away and you just have to give it back. Yep. Which means she wasn't really a bad guy. 
Yeah. Which we were just saying, oh, I'd love to use that as a mom or as like a newlywed where I'm like, I'm sorry, I was a lava creature who was throwing things in the kitchen. Someone just physically removed my heart. Not my fault. I had no moral uh, moral like, obligation to not turn into a lava creature. That's my philosophy with looking at movies. It's like, oh, okay, I walk away and I either do or don't like the film. Yeah. And I have to detangle why it is. And the more you open up these films, you're like, oh. But do you notice the how... The messaging for that movie is... Coco had yeah. to have the same thing as Soul, where a lot of the plot is kind of running around from point A to point B for arbitrary errands, where it's like, okay, we have to get into this concert, because if we get in the concert, we can get near where uh, Mr. Cruz is, at De La Cruz. And so, like, the concert actually doesn't matter. It gives the character an opportunity to have to go on stage. Like, it does... It, Coco works better because the chemistry between... Him and what's his name actually is more developed. Okay, the, the, the humorous character is the best thing about Coco. I don't. What's his name? The uh, guy who actually is really his grandfather. He was the the best character in that story because they toe the line between him being humorous and sincere. Like he is able to have that kind of emotional range. It. Yeah, he's comedic. He's also sad. The whole estrangement in his marriage is really tragic, and you well, really care about okay. it a lot. And the thing is that he gets murdered, spoiler, Yeah. but he gets murdered because he's going to go back to his family, Yes. and he realizes his duty. If he got murdered before that point, he would yeah. be a completely different character. Yeah, the whole well, point is that he's trying to go back to his family. It's funny because, like, Joe, they're both, him and Joe are both musicians, and Joe would never go back to his family. Go, Joe would be the one who's lecturing his wife and saying, like, I needed to follow my dream and you weren't there to support me. And she would be the one who would be like, no, you're right. I shouldn't be the one who's making shoes and supporting you. Again, with the women and, like... She wasn't supporting him, though. She wasn't. She was supporting the rest of the family, though. Yes. But in that one, man, yeah, Coco's, like, the better version of Soul. And it's also, like, going into, like, afterlife death thing... Where you have an intense woman who's actually trying to just provide and keep the family together. I think Coco could have been a whole lot worse if you decided to put the not God, God, Jerry. Oh, man. You throw Jerry in there, it's all downhill. Well, the thing I think that protected Coco is actually because it's based in the Hispanic culture. They didn't have to build the full framework. They didn't have to build the full framework, but also, like... Gender roles were they're they're more okay with that like the like the fact that family's important and you have responsibility and that matters that's actually something they understand in my experience based off of the people I know you shouldn't watch Soul you should probably just watch Coco and even that has problems oh I was gonna say too the villain in Coco we all know is the worst part of Coco and you see in Soul they couldn't even have a villain. You sort of have Terry as the antagonist, but you he's have, like, barely in it. villains all the time now. Which yeah, a well, lot of people have pointed out the problem. The finale of Coco, in terms of the actual, like, showdown... I mean, the bit where the, the grandmother has to, like, sing and try to keep the photo away from the guards is fun. That part is interesting. But when we get to the actual, like, reveal on TV, that isn't. Yeah. That, that felt kind of slapdashed on. It felt very much like, like they took the finale for Up. They took the no, villain from Up no, it, and like, the finale from Monsters, Inc. And just sort of... I wouldn't bleh. do... Mon- I wouldn't say Up. I would say Monsters, Inc., yeah. Mostly because yeah. it's filming and then But it, he was them. the villain from Up. Yes. And then they do the expose that Monsters, Inc. already did. Is there anything else we wanted to observe? I feel like we've 
hashed out this story in summary. A bit. In summary, go watch Wolfwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Laura. Okay, Wolfwalkers is by what studio? Studio Saloon in Ireland. Studio Saloon. They did Song of the Sea and Secret also of Kells, which Song is of the Bizarro. Sea. But yes. Song of the Sea. Well, okay, all of them are Bizarro to a degree. Well, Secret of Kells was something else. Anyway, proceed. Talk about <laughs> Song of the Sea is fantastic. Song of the Sea is their best work. Yes. I will fight you on that. People have said otherwise, and Laura they is are very. Wrong. Uh, that is just blasphemy. <laughs> Laura turns into a lost soul monster of purple. No, with no, tentacles. I don't. I just turn into. No one expects Laura's Spanish English. <laughs> Tell me what is the best studio saloon movie? Uh, uh, Breadwinner? Nobody thinks oh. Breadwinner is the best movie. But, You're an idiot. So we. Are Irish and we like Irish mythology and they like Irish mythology. We so, are not so Irish. We were descended from Irish way, 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 way back. Right. And we also have King our great grandfather was an Irish cop. So just Scots. In, and then the French, which we don't talk about them. Oh, sh- don't talk about them. We get the French. <laughs> There's a little Norwegian in there too. But Song of the Sea is exploring the Irish fairies and the Selkies, who are basically their mermaids, but they turn into seals. And then Wolfwalkers is their version of werewolves, which is really cool. And didn't focus on the family, try to go after that and say, don't watch it because it's paganism. If there is, the magic there is related to Irish mythology, which is related to the druids, which is related to oh. stuff. Yes. I think. They don't have any druids. You can, you can have that conversation with your kids. Yes. But I don't think watching this is going to make you start like sacrificing your kids on, like, stone altars to right. the druid gods. The, the villain, again, is kind of weak. He's a the kind villain of... is, like, the weakest element of the film, I believe. Yeah. Which, it holds up very well in despite of that. Where The villain is a very caricature sort of evil, Puritan, Pocahontas-y sort discount. of, like... Discount. I've, I've seen him described as a discount Frollo. He's like a, He is a discount Frollo. Very on the nose, but the father-daughter relationship is actually pretty cool. They, the father is voiced by the actor Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. It was refreshing that Sean Bean, as the father character, was just a masculine father, and that they were totally fine with that. And while it does, it's not perfect because there is some of the like Junior knows best. The kids are right and the parents are wrong, but they don't take away his dignity the way a lot of movies do. But. There's so much going on in that film. I mean, in the end, the Wolfwalkers do have to travel and find a better land, which is a pioneering, like, the world may not always change for what you need, so sometimes you have to go adventure and leave your father and mother and leave, you know, sort of yeah. idea. Which is a lot more which true for the Irish. Biblical. I mean, really. you Sometimes you can't keep living with your father in Ur. You have to go out to the promised land, yes. which is something Joe Schmo doesn't do because his mom is literally helping him make it through life. Yes. But we were you wanted to say something. Oh, I was going to say villainy in Ah, uh, yeah, because they clearly don't know how to they don't believe in the immorality of man, that man is a fallen creature, and therefore they're increasingly uncomfortable with portraying evil nefarious villains. If you actually look at it like Frozen, original concept, Elsa was going to be the villain, they wrote Let It Go as her villain song, then they loved it too much so they had to quickly make this evil white male be the twist villain, and it does feel shoehorned in when you look at it that way. Moana comes out, and it's all about, oh, the evil monster is actually someone who just needs her heart back, and we can just love the monster, and she's not evil. 
So we, we, we tamed the, the evil in that one, or it was just misunderstood. And then you have things like Coco and both alongside Big Hero 6, where it's a twist villain as well. A twist villain who doesn't really have any moral... Like, there's no moral justification. There's The villain never makes a, a good case for their side at all, which is bad. You need to make your villains have a motivation that is in some sense justifiable, where you can actually see them... They make, they make sense. And then you get this, and they're just so scared to even make anyone evil. They don't have a villain in soul, and that's one of the most nefarious parts of it. Yeah. Because turns out there is wickedness and evilness in the world. And that's the funny thing with soul is, for a movie where she does go into this, she becomes a lost soul at one point, and there's a darkness, they really have sanitized a lot of the darkness of living life out that's something a lot of philosophers talk about, you know, the problem of pain, stuff like that. They never acknowledge really no. on a deep level that sometimes life is filled with a lot of ugly things that aren't pizza and, right. well, you know, maple tree seeds and well, beautiful days. My, my favorite Pixar film is Finding Nemo. And the opening of that film is heavy and very sad. His wife and all but one of their children get horrifically eaten by a fish. And yes. he has to deal with that trauma and work it through and be a good father in despite of that. And they never make him address it in the dialogue, which I appreciate. They don't use it as the, here is the reason to excuse my behavior because I'm scarred. It's just the, you need to let go of your son. You do. There has to be a tragic element, I believe, in all stories to make it work. People make fun of the dead parent in Disney or the, the sad opening. But you know it's what it helps make the film work. Yeah. Like if Mufasa doesn't die, there's no impetus to yes. do anything. Because we know that that's true. That's how life works. Big tragic things happen. Right. But Soul doesn't really understand how to talk about that in a sophisticated way. Right. Well, part of the reason you and I actually appreciate the third Star Wars film a lot more now than we did at the time, even though, again, it's not a greatly put together film there are gaps it didn't help that the two movies <laughs> setting it up were such stinkers but the movie the story it's trying to tell is so much bigger than what you'll see any other pop nothing marvel's trying to do nothing disney's trying to do competes with the scale and the tragedy and the bigness that it is shooting for and often failing to achieve but sometimes succeeding quite well and <laughs> But yeah, the fact that The Lion King is based off of Hamlet, and Hamlet is an inherently a dark story with a murdered father. Little random side note, but the ghost of old Hamlet is actually the only character we actually can confirm that Shakespeare played, that he wrote that part for him. The ghost of the, Hamlet's father. The ghost of you Hamlet. said the ghost said of Hamlet. Ham the ghost of old Hamlet. That's Hamlet's father was played by Shakespeare. Yes. Which is really funny, because then you have the symbolism of as a character, the ghost comes in to give him his orders and start him on, on his past, and that's all path, and that's what Shakespeare does too, is like, the writer is the one who's coming in and pushing the characters onto their path and on their journey. But yes, if you have no dead Mufasa, Lion King would be lame. Epically lame. They don't, in Soul, know how to have real badness or real goodness, because they try to have real goodness in Jerry. Creepy, no. Super creepy. And they... They don't really have the guts to have any real evil. So we live in this between land where there's not, it doesn't, it's not real. A movie about 
royalty in Lions is more true to life than the Soul movie. Yeah, a, a movie where they have an epic battle to the death and where the villain, it is implied, gets eaten alive by hyenas off screen. Way better. Okay, this is, a, again, a, a side tangent, but I hate when people... I think this was a trend a couple years ago on YouTube where they talk about their childhood trauma and they're like, whoa, Disney's dark. Like, this, they're showing kids this? This is going to be... This is too scary. Kids actually do like things I scary. actually... One of my favorite of the YouTubers doing that, because some of those were fun, actually. Sure. But one that I really liked was somebody talking about Dark Crystal, and then he started talking about the new Dark Crystal eventually in other videos. But he said there was some sophistication to this, and the fact that it challenged him as a kid. He didn't regret it. He was just like, yeah, it was scary as a kid. And, like, sometimes it does cross the line, but, like, ultimately it was good for me, and I'm glad the movies had the bravery to do that. Right, like actually, you don't want to insulate your kids to the point where they All can those never childhood trauma scary videos. Story. Kind of, some of the more mature ones made that point to go. You know what? Yes. I don't regret it. I'm just saying, like it was scary. Yeah, it can be just as a funny joke, but if you really think that kids shouldn't be exposed that to wasn't anything, the scary, message of these movies. I yes, I saw a lot of these videos, and they did not say that. Right, I think I just was getting fatigued from just everyone talking about old Disney as being too dark or too scary. And well, I'm that like, was like the of... BuzzFeed side yeah. of things. These were like real YouTubers. I think the real YouTube sphere kind of understood there was a maturity to it. Yeah. BuzzFeed is always going to be vapid and right. blah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm talking about kind of the BuzzFeedy side of it, but I think that's like, where you ooh, get... ooh, to... the dark origins of this fairy tale. Shut up! Ah, I don't care. Yeah, you had asked me this, and I had kind of stared at you blankly, I think. Do you feel like Soul is a movie kids will actually be excited about absolutely not it's not a movie that i want to ever watch again yeah you have the fun part of oh they're up in the soul world and it's colorful and now he's a cat but we're talking about dreams and it's kind of drab colors yeah for a well, while well y'all know when you're kids aren't going to understand most of it because yeah. even i don't understand most of it yeah, i'm trying know. to sort out the plot and it's like just a tangled yeah. mess but even the jokes often, like, even with the crazy cat lady, those are not silly jokes kids are going to get. Well, it's for the parents. And that's the problem with Disney is they're aiming stuff for the reviewers and for adults. They're not, they don't really care about their audience anymore. Yeah, exactly. Or if it was a novel, what genre you even could put this in? Like, because this isn't a kid's book. You couldn't shoot this as being middle grade. You would have to really up the adventure and the body swap thing with him going into the cat to make it I even marketable. I think you can make it a kid's book because I think you underestimate how weird kid's books nowadays are. Oh, that's fair. But it really feels more like it's trying to be this weighty thing about what life is like and, you know, it's just about a man living his life. There isn't, you know, you know when we were little, you, you read a fun book or you watch a fun movie and you feel inspired to go play that. Like, you want to go be Lord of the Rings playing outside or being Jedi or whatever it is. This does not inspire anybody to do no. anything or be anything. Unless you want to just pretend to be a cat, like, because you're five. I, I even doubt that that's going to do it. Like... Yeah! Yeah, I really don't know how kids would react to it. I think kids could watch it and have fun for what it was. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be Frankly, any kid's favorite. I it's think not little gonna... kids are not going to sit through it. I think they're going to be too wiggly. It's not going to be how, like, one of our younger sisters loved Peter Pan and she's going to go oh. be Wendy. You know, she's going to go do that. She loved Tangled. She loved Tangled. 
played Tangled, Tangled all the time. Tangled's still fun. I still yes. watch that. Tangled actually still has a good villain. It's beautiful. It's fun. And yes. Frozen, for all my qualms with Frozen, it's fun. Sure. It's got a lot of problems, and it's, you know, propaganda and, you know, probably more nefarious than Soul because of its qualities. Yeah. But it sets up a cool world, a winterland, a magic snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are videos of little girls out there playing out in the snow in their Elsa costumes singing Let It Go. Uh, yes, yes. I don't think you're going to have a lot of little kids pretending they're 22 uh. soul-searching. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find my no, well, that's why I'm like, the story's for girls. The girls are allowed like, to go on a journey and have Even when they body swap and he's in the cat, they don't make it very fun. No. Well, Laura, this is... The it's m- just sort of him talking to 22. Yes. Pretty much. Talking about pizza and things, other deep things. Because apparently that's the epitome of life. But, Laura, that's the thing, where it's like, the movies where it's a girl protagonist, she's allowed to have an adventure. Like, Rey and the Last Dragon looks like that's where it's going. You got... Tangled, you got Frozen, you got Moana. It's like, they're allowed to have a mission, and they're allowed to have drive and, you know, work hard. Can I just hard. say, when I've seen Rhea's face, it seems like it's cut and pasted from Moana. Like, I don't know if There's that's... nothing unique about her design, really. She has a weird hat. That's about it. <laughs> but a hat, Laura! And she rides a giant armadillo. What it's country is she supposed to be set in? Vaguely Asian something. I'm sure, Laura, you can Google this. And, and I know they're exactly. making another movie based in Colombia. Colombia! <laughs> that's pretty much all you learn from well, watching Well, that's the that. other sad thing, is we've talked about, like, the diversity, but it's now, like, the fantasy side, the, the, the Disney princess department of Disney always is, like, they... It's like how a Christian movie that's bad starts with the moral conclusion and works backwards. Disney's now starting with what location can we represent and then we need to figure out a story like we need to pick somewhere else on the map pick that first that's important figure out what we're allowed to say and do with the characters that's not going to offend anybody and then we can craft a story weaving between these landmines I mean, and this a hugely new concept i mean pocahontas kind of does that and brother well, bear yeah they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> they were bad, and in fact, people don't like them because it, especially Pocahontas. But you have things like Mulan, which does have a bit of a following. The original. People like Mulan. Yes. But that was clearly made because, like, we need an Asian. Yeah, but they at least picked an actual good story and an actual. Well, that's the thing, it was a pre existing story. It was it's a pre existing story. Mythology. Yes. We're learning that they can't really construct stuff from nothing. This is true. It's not really good. Not really. When they were doing their fairy tales, they were pretty strong. I don't know that Moana was based on anything at all. I know the character of Maui, Maui existed in their mythology, but he's supposed character. to be an adolescent boy, in fact. He's kind of a trickster. But Emily's celebrities. Uh, yeah. Well, see, that's, again, they needed representation. They had to cast someone who was the correct but ethnicity. Like, but, like, it, doesn't everybody love Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I don't love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <sighs> Laura's controversial take. I at least appreciated this at the time that, I mean, obviously they had to because they didn't have the right ethnicity for the actress, but they actually found someone with real singing talent to be Moana. I appreciated that because of yeah. the Beauty and the Beast live action where, uh, Emma Watson. If you like that movie, you're Why? wrong. You're wrong. No, if you like that movie, it's because apparently you are blind to how very obnoxious Emma Watson is. In, in being, in her raw essence. 
And how bad a singer she is. That's the problem when you push the ideology first. That movie yeah. had a lot of problems with that. Concluding thoughts. Oh, Soul is such a lifeless, soulless movie. Soul is soulless. <laughs> it is a, <laughs> it is an appalling dung heap overflowing with the most disgraceful storm of rubbish imaginable, mangled and tangled up knots. Uh, check watch, out Wolfwalkers. Watch Wolfwalkers. It is worth it. Especially watch Song of the Sea. Yes. Enjoy you some old Disney. Yes, watch the old Disney. Watch Lion King. And view what's coming out of new Hollywood with skepticism. Yeah. Be discerning about what you're giving money to. Yeah, especially to your kids, because it's, like, Soul's got so much propaganda packed in there. They're, like, kids are susceptible to propaganda. It, it works. There's yes. a reason people use if it. you are going to show your kids these films, talk to them about them. Yeah. The Christian worldview. And don't do drugs. I'm <laughs> 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 kind of encouraging it. <gasps> That's a horrible message. <laughs> well, I mean, do any of us want to turn to the sign-flipping hippie dude? Like, maybe that's Apparently, just Apparently, well, they, they portray him as kind of a cool dude. Like, if I were a little kid, he's kind of funny. Like, when you're a little, little boy, your favorite character is just the funniest character. You know that? Like, Ooh, yeah. That's pretty gross. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, okay, well, <laughs> let's sign off then. Have fun with some terrible movies. Or don't.